every day, that little damage that's doing damage to your DNA, that's doing damage to your collagen down the road, that's why you're going to get wrinkles. So, you know, the earlier you can hop on this, the better. Emily Abadi here bringing you another installment of Hurdle Moment from Hurdle. Today I am electrified. Wow, exciting adjective I decided to go with there. I'm amped <laughs> to chat with Renee Rollo. She is the founder and CEO of Renee Rollo Skincare. She's also an esthetician and a skincare expert. So I can think of no one better to be chatting with to get all of your skincare questions answered. I will be the first one to volunteer this information. I am no skincare whiz. In fact, over the last, God, year, two years, I have been definitely dabbling in a bunch of different products, but still haven't landed on the Goldilocks routine. So I'm really excited to dive into a lot of really good information today with Renee. We cover everything from what should the basics be for someone who, like me, may not have their own perfect skincare routine. We also talk about what those small bumps might be on your forehead if you are working out all the time and you feel like they may not be going away ever. We cover mask me and retinol and anti-aging products and if you should be using them, collagen and if there's a place for it in your diet. And on the diet note, we talk about if there are certain foods that we should be avoiding if we want clearer skin. Seriously, I learned so, so much recording this. That is the biggest understatement. In today's episode, Renee mentions the Renee Rolo skincare blog. I will make sure to link to that in today's show notes. And in the show notes today, I am also putting a link to different organizations on Austin relief efforts. Renee and the company is based out of Austin. As many of you are aware of, I'm sure, Texas recently experienced a winter storm that has left many without power or water. Many are going hungry and do not have access to more food and water, healthcare workers included. So the community over there rallying together to support those in need. Renee has a great page on the site on where you can learn more on where you can donate or volunteer in the Austin area. As always, as you are listening today, make sure to tag the podcast on social media at Hurdle Podcast. I am also over at Emily Abadi. With that, let's get to hurdling. Today, I am talking to Renee Rollo. She is an esthetician, a CEO, and founder of Renee Rollo Skincare. Hey, Renee. Hey, Emily. Great to be here. I am so amped, and we have so much to cover, so I will waste no time. Before we get into the swing of things, tell me a little bit about Renee Rollo Skincare. What do you guys offer? So I have a company that's based in Austin um, called Renee Rollo Skincare. We've been in business coming up on 25 years this August. And I we are a 100% e-commerce company selling direct to consumer. We ship all over the world. Um, I have my own skincare line. 
I'm very hands-on with product development. Um, I've taken a lot of cosmetic chemistry courses at UCLA, and I've been a practicing esthetician for over 30 years, so I have a lot of skin knowledge. My line is based on nine different skin types. Um, I learned early on as an esthetician working with clients that skin's a little more complicated than dry, normal, and oily. There's a little more going on, Um, you know, cue in, you know, uh, adult acne and, you know, hyperpigmentation and post-breakup marks and rosacea and, you know, dehydration and all sorts of things. I have a confession. Well, I have two confessions. The first confession is that I don't have a solid skincare routine. Okay. We'll talk about that in a second. The second confession is I have in my life purchased one, what I would say to be more pricey skincare option or skincare solution. And that was the anti-bump that you make. Oh, yes. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah, that's our number one bestseller. I was dealing with some cystic acne and one of my girlfriends who works at Allure was like, this is what you need. This is it. (laughs) And so- I spent like, I think what, how much does that retail for? I think it's like 46, maybe don't quote me. I went for it. I was like, you know what? I trust you. I'm going to do it. And she was right. She was so right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's our number one best-selling product for a reason. The person that's like me that hears the sentence, I don't really have much of a substantial skincare routine. Talk to me about basics. If someone can identify that way, where do they even begin? So let's look at it from like kind of a skin tip standpoint, and then we'll kind of talk about products. But the first thing is you have to stop the UV damage. So what we know about, you know, keeping skin healthy and youthful and glowing and all the things that people want is the number one enemy is UV light. It is not, it's not smoking. It's not genetics. It's not even passage of time. It is UV light seeing the skin. So UV light certainly is sunlight, but it's also daylight. So right now it's winter and where a lot of people live, it's cloudy, but it's still light outside. And that is still, you won't get a, you know, it's, you can't get a sunburn necessarily on a cold winter day, but you still get the UVA rays. And those are actually the ones that are uh, responsible for aging more so than the UVB rays. Those are what give, um, you know, the skin color, like a sunburn or a suntan. So the most, so let's just pretend you never even washed your face, didn't even ever do anything. The biggest impact you're going to have on your skin is wearing sun protection. So the mistake that people make, though, um, is, you know, first of all, not wearing sunscreen in the winter. So obviously I've cleared that up. you got to do that. You also get UV uh, rays inside your home or inside, you know, a car or subway or whatever, anytime you or your skin sees daylight, that's what you need to kind of stop. So the key is about proper sun application from sun up to sundown. So let's just say, you know, you wake up in the morning and you're like, oh, I'm not going to go outside for a while. I'm going to go downstairs, get coffee and, you know, whatever, whatever. I mean, even at, you know, seven in the morning, if you have daylight coming in your windows, that's going to add up over the course of a lifetime. So literally the first thing I do when I get up in the morning is I get up, use the restroom, and I will dust on a powder onto my face, like a mineral powder. And I'll dust that on my face. This is before I wash my teeth, you know, wash my face, before I brush my teeth, before I do a shower, before I do anything. Literally, it's the first thing I do when I get up in the morning. That way, when I go downstairs, you know, have a lazy morning, don't feel like showering yet, whatever. 
my skin is protected. I also live in a house that's almost, it's a super modern house and it's almost all glass. So it's especially important because I get lots of light in my house. But yeah, so that's, you know, that's a good thing to think about. Also, you don't want to wash your face at night and take your sunscreen off until it's dark out, which most people don't, but still, um, that's something good. But proper sunscreen application means find one you like that's not too greasy, not too heavy, that's agreeable with your skin that you like wearing. You have to apply it generously. A lot of people think it's about the number, like, oh my gosh, it's an SPF 100 or whatever. Um, it doesn't matter because if you use it sparingly, you're just not going to get the proper sun protection. Plus 100 isn't protecting you twice of an SPF 50, like people think anyway. Um, so you need to apply it generously. You can't, you know, a little dab won't do you. And you also um, need to be wearing makeup every single day. And let me explain. Again, because UV light um, year round is the, you know, the, the biggest enemy of the skin, we want to protect the skin from the UV light. So people wear, they'll put on a moisturizer with sunscreen, hopefully apply it generously, but it degrades during the day because your skin has oil secretion and things like that. Um, certainly if you're outside in the direct sunlight, it's going to wear off more quickly. But makeup in the form of a liquid makeup, a foundation, maybe a powder, they all have um, sun protective qualities in it, even if it doesn't say it, it doesn't have sunscreen in it. So like, like powder, I just used some cheapy one from Revlon first thing in the morning. Um, it has titanium dioxide in it and iron oxides, which are sunscreen ingredients. The brand just chose not to have it FDA approved as a sunscreen and they don't market it that way. They market it just as a setting powder or whatever, but it gives UV protection. So something like that put on over sunscreen is an insurance policy to ensure you're keeping that UV light off the skin. Foundation makeup, again, you know, if it has, if it says it has sunscreen in it, great. Even if it doesn't say it has sunscreen in it, it still does have sunscreen in it. And wearing some liquid foundation makeup, again, is also an insurance policy to make sure that your skin is staying protected from UV light. And, um, and also new research is showing that makeup because of the iron oxides it has is pre preventing against blue light damage as well, which we hear a lot about. So yeah, so my best tip is for people to really wrap their head around how can I stop the damage? Because every day that little damage that's doing damage to your DNA, that's doing damage to your collagen down the road, that's why you're going to get wrinkles. So, you know, the earlier you can hop on this, the better. So interesting. And you mentioned moisturizer with SPF in it. I mm -hmm. was talking to an expert recently and they reiterated the importance of not only using that moisturizer with the SPF, but then using a separate SPF. Would you agree with that? So great question. So you want to think of the skin. If you think of like a sponge, so think about the sponge that you know, you wash your dis dishes with. When it's dry um, and you add water to it, the sponge will fill up. But eventually, if you have water from your sink, keep pouring on it, it just overflows, right? So I like to look at the skin the same way. The skin can only absorb so much. So that's why also when people get into like layering products, you know, nine steps, products, serum after serum after serum, again, your skin can only absorb so much. So knowing your skin acts like a sponge, you don't want to give it too much because then nothing's going to kind of work after a while. So I recommend 
a moisturizer with a sunscreen in it. Because if you put on a moisturizer first, that moisturizer non-sunscreen is coating your skin cells. And then if you put on a sunscreen, granted, it depends on the type of sunscreen, they kind of all work, all work differently. But depending on the sunscreen, you know, it may not, it may not properly coat all the cells properly because you've already put a barrier underneath it. So that's why I like a two in one. Interesting. So you mentioned something that is one of the most popular questions that was coming in from the listeners layering, especially when it comes to that ever popular Insta-friendly nighttime skincare routine. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about the quote unquote right way to go about putting things on in the evening, like the what goes first, what goes second, and you know, how many steps there should be. And we're talking again for that like entry level skincare human. Yes. So the general rule after you wash your face is you want to go thinnest to thickest. So if you think Mm. about the consistency of products, that's the order you want to go in. So in a perfect world, this is what somebody would do. They would wash their face. Um, You know, cleansing is obviously super important. Ideally, they would use a water-based alcohol-free toner. So that's obviously very thin. It's the consistency of water. The benefit of a toner is wipes off any cleanser residue um, to really make sure you're getting the skin clean, getting makeup off. It removes um, um, impure tap water. So salts, chlorines, and minerals that can dehydrate the skin. When you think about a glass shower shower door, that little white film that gets left on your door, um, on your glass shower doors, that's like the crud. You don't want, you don't want that on your skin. Mm. They also damp skin is 10 times more permeable. So after you apply, oh, and you also want to leave it damp on the skin. So when you put on your next product, which ideally is a serum, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in a second, when you put a serum on and you seal it on damp skin, it's 10 times more permeable. So that may have an opportunity to increase permeability of those active ingredients. So it might make your serum last longer or work better, I should say. And then also when you put on a serum and then subsequently a moisturizer, when the skin is damp from the toner, it's like giving your skin a drink of moisture. So you get really hydrated. Mm. So, um, so, uh, so toner ideally is important. And then next is to use one serum. So this, there's this whole thing going on right now about layering. And the problem with layering products is let's just say you put on one serum that has one active ingredient and then you layer on another serum because you're like, oh, I want to try that ingredient and then lay on another serum. First of all, it's diluting all of those serums. And um, because again, your skin can act you know, can only absorb so much. So the first one is doing all the heavy lifting, but then by the second one, the third one, or some people do even four, um, it's diluting all of them. They can't absorb. If you mix them together, which some people do, if you mix two serums together, you're getting 50% efficacy from each of them because now you've diluted them. So I really believe in using one serum um, and you have you know, maybe that has a hero ingredient and that is your focus for the night. And then maybe the next night use a different serum that has a different focus. And the next night, a different serum with a different focus. That way it's kind of like eating a diet, right? You don't want to be 
eating the same thing all the time. You want to, you know, get a variety of different nutrients. And so, but you want them at a hundred percent. So that's why you use one serum with one focus and then change it up at night with different focuses. And I'm assuming in this process, obviously consult with someone who can best advise you as to what serums would be best for your skin. Consult with someone, or if you go to ReneeRelo.com and take the skin type quiz, mm. once once your skin type is identified, it's going to tell you. Now we Got do you. we do offer virtual skin consultations. So for people who do want expert advice and more personal advice from one of our in-house estheticians, they can do that. Got it. Okay. So then you go from the serum to, to the a moisturizer, moisturizer which right. is your so, last step. Which is your last step. And you know, you always want to use a moisturizer for your skin type. The problem that I see some people make is let's just say they have acne and now they're using really harsh products to dry out their skin. And now they're like, oh my God, my skin's so dry because I've been using all these harsh things. They have to use a heavy moisturizer, you know, and they end up using one for like dry skin. That's not their skin type. And so sometimes people can get clogged and add more problems to their breakouts if they're Mm -hmm. not using the right moisturizer. So the goal is if you have acne, you don't have to dry out your skin. And I certainly have great solutions for that in my line, but But drying out the skin is making the problem worse. Acne is a skin disease of inflammation. And for you to over dry your skin and make it uncomfortable and make it more inflamed is not helping anything. Now, there's a time and a place when you want to dry out the skin, for example, with like a drying spot treatment, right, on a very specific blemish to dry out the infection. That makes sense. But you don't want to be wiping all these really harsh drying things all over the face, especially on areas where there's no breakouts present. And that's the problem if you're using all these harsh acne products is they're being put all over the face and you don't need it all over the face. So yeah, using a moisturizer for your skin type. So that would be a good four-step routine, literally, you know, four products. I know it sounds like a lot, but if you time it, you know, it's, it's like two and a half minutes, super easy. Should you be waiting a certain amount of time in between applying each product? So after you wash your face, you have a 60 second window before moisture evaporation occurs. So you want to, after you wash your face, you want to get on your next product immediately, or at least within 60 seconds. So that's super quick transition. Then wipe the toner over the skin, leave it damp, apply your serum. Ideally, you'll wait like a minute before you put on your moisturizer. Got you. Got you. And then, I mean, when I did start to implement some sort of a routine that looked like this. Although again, I'm still working on it here, but I noticed and I, in my head was like, what are all these influencers doing? I'm like walking out of the bathroom and it's like, not like everything isn't quote unquote rubbed in, but like my face still needs like at least 10 minutes before I could like safely lay down on a pillow. Is that wrong? Am I doing something wrong? Well, no, I mean, the skin's wet, right? right. And so yeah. it's sticky and, you know, depending on what kind of products you use on it. So yeah, I mean, you want to let your skin dry. You don't want to just you know, I mean, it will, yeah, it will feel kind of gross to be sticking on a pillow. <laughs> I'm like, am I the only one that's dealing with this? Yeah, no, that's funny. <laughs> the next question that came in, the price range for skincare products varies greatly. A lot of people, their barrier to entry into really working hard and committing to a skincare routine is they're like, I don't know what I should spend on money on, what I shouldn't spend money on. Is there anything to say for perhaps comparing some of the, you know, brands you might find in the in the drugstore versus something that you might find online or, or a more expensive company? Yeah. So, I mean, in general, there's great drugstore products. There's great expensive products, right? It's all over the board. There's also crappy drugstore products and crappy expensive products. So, 
So it's, you know, there's no bias there. But the key is about educating yourself. You want to be an educated consumer. So when you purchase your product, you're educated about it. And what I mean by that is, for example, case in point, a cleanser, okay? There's, you know, you want to, the main thing with a cleanser is you don't want it to be high lathering, high foaming. You want a low foaming cleanser. You want to look at the bubbles. I realize when you're buying a product, it's hard to do this, but the general idea is the smaller the bubbles, the less drying it is, the larger the lather, larger the bubbles, the more drying it is. But the key to make sure you're not having a drying cleanser, because you never want to wash your face and right out of the gate, you're dehydrating your skin because now your products have to work even harder because you just stripped it, right? So, but the key is to look for something called sulfate free. Um, the word sulfate free indicates that it doesn't use what's called sodium lauryl sulfate or sodium lauryl sulfate or ammonium lauryl sulfate or ammonium lauryl sulfate. And those are kind of the no, no ingredients. Those are surfactants that are just too drying. They're higher than the skin's pH. They're going to just, you know, compromise the barrier and that's never a good thing. And I always say like, there's no like miracle product. It's about the skincare habits and the knowledge that you have to really take care of your skin. And so I just highly encourage your listeners to, to sign up for our emails because they're so, so, so good. They will not disappoint. Taking a break to talk to you about my sponsor at Element. That's L-M-N-T. Element is a science-backed electrolyte drink mix with everything you need and nothing that you don't. Their formula is super high caliber. It is plant-based with no sugars, gluten, fillers, or other sketchy ingredients. I, myself, just this week, opted to use it twice. The first time in my water bottle shaken up at the gym when I was hitting some treadmill intervals, and the second time, guilty pleasure, around the rim of my margarita for a no sugar added sweet salty taste. Their citrus salt is perfect for that. Citrus salt, just one of the great flavors that I can't get enough of. Also big on their orange salt, their raspberry salt, their chocolate salt. They've got a ton of great options and they are offering her to listeners a really great deal. Head on over to get a free Element sample pack, absolutely free, which contains eight packets of Element for just $5 shipping. Head on over to drinkelement.com. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T.com slash hurdle to get yours today. Again, head on over to drinkelement.com. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T.com slash hurdle to get your free element sample pack today. You will not regret it. People want to know about Maskney. They want to know what they're supposed to do. Talk to me like two things that you should do if you're dealing with Maskney. What are they? Yeah. So I very much as a skincare educator, I've always tried not to just be when someone says, oh, I have a problem with this. And I go, oh, buy my product or use this product. Right. <laughs> I hate throwing products at people as an answer. So a lot of times through my education, I'm always trying to find tips and tricks and little lifestyle things that can help the greater good for their skin. But in this instance, I, I am going to throw a product people's way because the reality is, is that when you have a mask on, there's more moisture, there's more bacteria, 
um, you know, you're creating an environment in the skin where more bacteria is thriving. And for some reasons, we don't even know. And so you have to reduce the microbial count on the surface of the skin and within the pores to help that. So like, mm. there's just no like tip or trick, right? You have to adjust your skincare routine. And so, you know, we have a product, a cleanser called rapid response detox cleanser, which is great to wash at night, really concentrating in your masty area. We also, you know, there's a mask called rapid response detox mask that you can do at night after cleansing for a minimum of five minutes. And it re basically resets the skin. We also have a rapid response detox toner that you can wipe over your face a couple times during the day, um, you know, under your mask just to, you know, kind of reset all of that. So, so yeah, that, that's really what kind of needs to happen is you need to topically kind of, you know, cause it's not a diet thing, right. You know, a lot of times, mm -hmm. like if you're getting acne, we might, you know, dive into your diet, but this is something that is best addressed topically. You're not going to, you know, eliminate certain foods and not get masny Cause it's not, it's a lot of what's occurring topically breathing and, and, you know, suffocation and mask and that sort of thing. So, but as far as, so those are really kind of the best kind of things. Um, but I would definitely say like, um, go lighter on moisturizer in that area because when you're mm -hmm. breathing there's a lot of moisture there anywhere anyway from your breath so you're kind of the integrity of the skin is kind of staying hydrated so you don't need a you know something heavy so lighten up moisturizer um yeah wash your skin really well at night ideally you know if your mask knee is kind of more chin area you might wash your whole face with your regular cleanser and then use more of an antibacterial cleanser with a second cleanse just along the chin and lower half of the face where you're getting it. So that's a nice way to kind of spot treat that area without treating the whole face for, you know, for acne when there's no acne present on your cheeks or forehead. Totally. And then you mentioned diet. A lot of us are seeing collagen supplements now marketed toward hair, skin, and nails. Talk to me about if that's something that should be in my diet. Is that like, does that make a difference for me? So there is no research showing that it's going to make a difference. You know, mm -hmm. will it hurt you? No. Um, do I take it? No. You know, like to me, I, I focus on everything on what, where is my time and energy best spent? And if I'm going to put, take something orally, there are other things that I think are better to take orally and that are, you know, more proven or whatever. So the research just isn't there to support it. Now, will the research come out later that shows it's the miracle worker? Maybe, you know, but but right now, there's just not enough research showing that it's it's making a difference. A lot of us have heard just the the concept that like dairy can cause breakouts. Is there anything like kind of across the board that is really triggering for, you know, what's going on with our skin? Yeah. So great, great question. And the answer is just like each skin type, you know, each skin is different, which is why I have nine skin types, you know everyone, the source of everyone's breakout skin problems are very unique to them. The million dollar question, and I'll get back to the food thing in a second, but the million dollar question is, why do I break out? Right? So the thing about mask me is, we know the cause It's from mask me, right? It's from wearing masks, because <laughs> if all of a sudden you didn't have breakouts, and now you're wearing a mask, and the areas that you're wearing a mask are getting breakouts, it's pretty safe to assume it's mask me. But for all other types of breakouts, we don't know the source, right? And, and that's what makes it really challenging. And everyone is unique that way. Someone's source of their acne, if they're able to determine it, you know, like, 
they may find it. They may never find it. Sometimes we just think acne is just, you have bad luck, a case of bad luck, like, you know, like genetics, whatever it may be. Sometimes it's bad luck and we'll never know the source. So in the case of diet, um, there are, I can't tell you how many times people have said to me, Renee, I eat so well and so clean, yet I still get breakouts. Well, it's because diet does not have as much of an effect as we think. I mean, if you could just eat clean and get rid of your acne, I mean, it's not that simple. That doesn't happen. I also know plenty of people who eat terribly and eat junk food and never get breakouts at all, right? And have great skin. So I think it, it, it sounds great. You know, people are far more focused on nutrition these days and eating well and aware of what they're putting into their body, which is amazing. And we should be that way. But the correlation between skin and diet, you just, there isn't as much as people would like to think. The one thing that is as close to black and white as I can see is dairy, is consumption of dairy. If you get chin and jawline breakout, typically more cystic, the hard sore knots under the skin, and you are a consumer of dairy, even a small amount, not necessarily, you know, you're eating buckets of ice cream every night or drinking gallons of milk, um, you may want to look at your dairy intake because I have literally cured for the past 30 years of, you know, of me being an esthetician, I've literally cured hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people's acne just by having them, um, completely omit or reduce their intake of dairy. Now, but here's the interesting thing. Someone will say, I've always eaten dairy and I never had a problem. And the past year I started breaking out. Your body also changes. You can also be reactive to dairy and you can also grow out of it being reactive. And that's what's the crazy thing is, is that it's, it's just not, you know, the body is always changing. I know plenty of people that couldn't eat one bite of ice cream without breaking out in cystic acne. And now they can enjoy ice cream, you know, 10 years later without a problem. So that's, that's why it's really hard. There's not, it's hard to have black and white, these hard set rules, like, because the body is, is, is a mystery and it's always changing and we will never know why. All right. We're winding down here. Two more questions. The first question I recently, per advice, when I went to see a dermatologist, tried to experiment with retinol. It didn't go well. (laughs) It did not go well for me. So some basic guidelines, maybe if you could offer for someone who's interested in using that, because I know that when it comes to anti-aging, this is one of the, you know, the things that we hear is a, a good thing to implement into the routine. So great question. I get this one a lot. Question, was this a prescription retinoid or was this a retinol product that's available without a prescription? Available without a prescription, but given to me via my dermatologist. Okay. Okay. So it was like a stronger non-prescription. Okay. Definitely a product like that. You have to work in slowly and monitor what the side effects are so that you can monitor your routine. That's yeah. So, I mean, that is expected. That is normal that, you know, what you experienced is completely normal. I mean, in theory, what it's doing is it's kind of injuring the skin and causing, you know, side effects and the skin shedding and that sort of thing. And that's exactly Mm -hmm. what, what, what happened. So that's, that's great. It worked, but it's all about managing that. 
But the general thing is, is you have to use it sparingly. The best way to use it is always put a moisturizer on right afterward. Eventually, you want to wait a little bit before you put your moisturizer on because you want it to activate the retinol receptors in your skin and it will be diluted if you put a lotion on right afterward. So, so you know, you do want to um, work up to being able to wait, you know, 10 minutes, 20 minutes before you put a moisturizer on. Um, and, uh, but using a gentle cleanser, you know, using it, um, you know, just starting, you know, sparingly once a week, eventually work out to twice a week. You never want to get to the point where you're using a retinol or a prescription retinoid every night. And the main reason is, is because, just, you know, you, you want to give your skin a variety of different ingredients and you don't want to just be hitting that one home. Your skin needs antioxidants. It needs, you know, peptides, other barrier repair ingredients. And so you kind of want a variety. So at the very most, I would say someone should use a retinol five nights a week. I personally only use it three nights a week. So, mm. cause I like to change it up. I like to throw some acids in there and, but yeah. So, and then another thing is, is you do, when you're using a retinol, you do want to use a gentle exfoliating acid serum at least like once or twice a week on the skin at night because that will make you know when you have using a retinol you get dry skin dry skin acts as a barrier and so when you're using good products on your skin they can't penetrate as as well through this wall of dry skin so in order to enhance your retinol if you use like the next night or when you're flaky or whatever use a exfoliating acid serum with let's just say lactic acid or glycolic acid in it. And while you sleep at night, it's working to gently dissolve and digest those dry cells. So not only will it make your skin not look as dry and flaky, but then when you use the retinol the next night, it penetrates deeper because you don't have that wall of dead skin cells that it has to try to attempt to break through. Um, So using an exfoliating acid will help manage the side effects of the dryness. And that's an important product to to be alternating with. Okay. Now, literally we could talk for hours about all the questions that have come in, but I'm going to end us here because I know that we have a lot of active individuals listening to the show. What are we to do about some of those small bumps that might come at the hairline from sweat and wearing hats and perhaps even, I mean, I guess on other areas of the face as well, what do you do about that? So I'm so glad that you asked this. Blemishes have infection and the ones the ones that don't have infection are the ones that just sit there and they're not red, they're not sore, and they hang out all the time. They could be there for months, right? They don't go away where a regular blemish goes away, you know, five, seven days, two weeks, whatever it's gone. So those are called clogged pores, closed comedones. And it's basically where you have just some hardened oil that's blocking in the pore and, and creating a raised bump. And the challenge, as I know you know this, Emily, is the problem with raised bumps is you can't cover them up, right? If you put foundation on, like they're still bumpy, right? So it's like they're bumpy, they show all the time. So so generally the key is probably the best thing to do at home is to start by using an exfoliating acid serum, something that has lactic and glycolic because that will kind of that will kind of take away that hardened wall of skin that's keeping that bump impacted. And then something with salicylic acid that goes deeper into the pore and, and can kind of clear out the pore lining. So I have a product called like Pore and Wrinkle Perfecting Serum. I have one called BHA Clarifying Serum. But if, if you're using an exfoliating acid serum that's meant to kind of clear pores, um, over time that can definitely help. Now, um, 
you also have to, you know, depending on how you do um, or how some a product like that works, you may have to get extractions and actually clean them out first and get rid of that debris mm. that's blocked in the pore. And then an exfoliating acid serum will help keep them clean and prevent them from coming back. So that might mean um, going to see a professional and having them just do a really deep pore cleansing and get all that blockage out. You need to find an esthetician that's really good at extractions because that for some people that they're scared or they, that's not their area of expertise or you have to be very careful, but I do have a blog post about how to do manual extractions at home. It involves using what's called a lancet, which you can get from a pharmacy where you very gently pierce the skin to create a little bit of an opening so things can pop out really easily. So, you know, especially with the pandemic, you may have to do it at home and I give you um, good tips on how to do it. Wow. You are a wealth of knowledge. I feel like there was so much to digest <laughs> here, but all such helpful information. Renee, again, reiterate to us the name of your website. Where do we find you and how do we follow you on Instagram? Yeah. So my website is ReneeRouleau.com. Or if you just type into Google Renee Skincare, you'll find it because my last name has a lot of vowels and, in it and hard to spell. <laughs> and um, But ReneeRouleau.com. But yeah, take the skin type quiz, sign up for our email so you get all of our latest blog posts. Yeah, get educated about your skin. We, uh, we ship all over the world. My personal Instagram, if you want to learn about me kind of personally, behind the scenes of a CEO, motorcycle rider, girl who's just trying to live her best life, um, it's mm -hmm. Renee Rouleau. And then if you want to learn more about skin and our offer, and get skincare tips and advice, then our Instagram, uh, Renee Rouleau Skincare, is what you'll want to follow for that. Amazing. I am over at Emily Abadi and at Hurdle Podcast. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time. <laughs> <laughs>